Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard and its games most intently. Uh, I'm Marasi, I'm the host, and with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. Uh, first up, she does practically everything all the time, uh, Anne Stickney. Anne, what have you been up to this week? Oh, why'd you have to get to me while I was taking a sip of coffee? That's all right. Um, See, you I... were doing that because you were doing everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fueled by coffee and words and not much else. Anyway, uh, what have I been doing this week? Messing around on the alpha, checking out the new areas. Um... Didn't really get any leveling on my alt done last week, to which I was like, oh, well, bummer. But it's okay. Um, I've been trying to collect as many of the flower crowns as I can while they're still around, because I think a Lunar Festival is done this weekend. And, uh, oh, yep. Animal Crossing has a new event. And Mitch, you need to, like, start <laughs> leaving me ladybugs, and I promise I'll leave you some. I just couldn't do it last night, so I watered your plants instead. Um, that's all. I appreciate it. Thank you. And You're I will. You're welcome. <laughs> Also with us, and since he's been introduced already, we'll just move right into it. Mitch, what have you been up to this week? Ah, uh, Monster Hunter, Animal Crossing, and now Seeding Shore, which, cool. uh, yeah, keeping me busy. I am having a lot of fun playing Monster Hunter, and I, I did talk about this on Twitter, but, like, I, I'm i still trying to figure out if there's a way I can write something up about what WoW could take from Monster Hunter and what it couldn't, because it just wouldn't translate. But, yeah. I don't know, if um, nothing else, it could probably learn a little something for its crafting system. I'm just going to say and, this. I've no, been leveling. That was, yeah, that was one of the things on my list. I was leveling. I've been leveling this uh, late Forge Draenei, and I've got him up to like mid 50s. I started as a paladin, got up to 39, and then let the paladin rest and started a warrior, and have leveled him up to 55. And I've been trying to keep blacksmithing and mining current while you go. And oh, oh, it is painful. It's it's also it so it, painful. I noted this at one point, but. You you get XP for like herbalism, I know, and I'm sure mining is the same, but it 
it scales not by profession level, but by zone level. So, like, it doesn't actually even scale by zone level. It scales specifically by the difficulty of the node to your to your scale. So, well, if it's oh. if it's a if it's an orange level node to you, you get more experience. If it's like a green level node to you, you don't. And no, the nodes and don't that's, scale. That's not. I mean, that might be true in some cases. And this is there's inconsistencies as well. But there was I, I was level fifty nine. I was collecting orange herbs in like Red Ridge or whatever. They were giving me like, a, you know, a thousand XP or whatever the amount. I hit 60. And because 60 is the crossover point for like the next content, uh, the same orange herbs started giving me like 100 XP. Okay, like, see, I haven't had that experience yet because I haven't crossed the 60 boundary. I don't but think do you that all it? of those things scale either because like... Oh, they don't. And it's really I'm annoying. I'm in Outland like, trying to pick plants, and there are a bunch of pl- plants that I just can't pick yet because it's like, oh, your skill level isn't high enough. And I'm like, well, isn't that supposed to be scaled? Is that not a thing here? I guess that's not scaled. a thing. It's not a thing in Outland. I, and in Northrend, it, this was happening on stream last week. You're able to, like, there were a couple herbs in Sholazar, like, and they're all in the same zone and the same, you know, color difficulty. I think they were all orange. So it, it's not like even a zone thing. It's just some herbs were giving me 3,000 XP. Some were giving me like 200. Um, so the scaling there is definitely a little off. It's just, a little yeah, that's just one. It's just one of many, many problems with yeah. leveling a profession at the moment. Uh, the other problems are like the fact that the, the, the spawns don't scale, period. Um, if you're in a zone, that zone will have the level of spawn it always had. Like going to Red Ridge, it's got copper. If you go to Red Ridge at level 50, it's still copper. If you've been leveling your professions this whole time, <laughs> there's nothing in that zone that will help you. Yeah. That's so the so other... if you've been leveling the professions, the copper will be gray is what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. And you can't oh, make okay. anything with it that'll bump up your level because it's low there's, level. Okay. You, or... if you, yeah. And if you if basically I stuck to the Eastern Kingdoms on this character, I didn't go over to Kalimdor. And then like I was level 55, I'm like, oh, I'll go do some of the opening Kalimdor stuff, which is great. Except that now my mining skill is utterly useless because yeah. everything is gray. I haven't really, I haven't been able to keep up enough with it, which means on the one hand, like I have such a low skill that I'm able to, you know, herb stuff in uh, Northrend or, you know, wherever I am and not have to worry about it being gray. But on the other hand, there's all the other issues that I've encountered. And if I, you know, were keeping up with it, then apparently they would go gray before I was outside there's the zone. Lots of, yeah, there's lots well, of different my... problems. Yeah, my issue with it is that I am in Outland and I can't actually pick any of the plants out there. There's every once in a while I'll find like a Dreamfoil node and that I can pick up, but none of the rest of it. And I'm like, I'm not going to be here in in Hellfire (laughs) and Zangermarsh forever, guys. I'm about ready to finish all the quests for the zone and I still can't or I still can't pick anything out here. Um, I I appreciate the changes. I just think it's one of those things that there probably weren't enough people on the PTR testing this sort of thing, and it, there's just a few things slipped through the cracks. And it's well, the problem with professions is that how are you going to test those like legit on the PTR? Because if you yeah. copy if you copy your character over, then your character already has like max level professions or whatever. If you start yeah, you to, to level a character, and how many people really logistically leveled characters from level one upward and did professions while they were doing it? They were and probably was, just checking yeah. quests, and they were checking zone scaling. They weren't necessarily thinking about professions. So there's a lot of discrepancies going on right now with professions, and it makes leveling yeah. an alt um, difficult. Unique. 
and this is, a this, challenge. is the entire this is the entire reason they call out to the forums and say hey we want people to help us test out the leveling system because they try to catch these things and if people aren't testing those which i can't blame okay now moose man is saying that i have to be bugged because they can pick anything in outlands and their herbalism skill is sub 50 that doesn't make well, any and, sense like okay, yeah, is it because i'm on really a nightborn is that what it is is it an allied race thing Mm-mm. No, because I'm on a late forge and I'm, I didn't have that problem. Yeah, I'm a I'm on a void elf and I'm picking stuff in Northrend and I definitely don't have a high skill. What is going on? <laughs> we yeah. could probably do this like for the rest of the show, but we should move on to actually talk about some of the top stories because yeah, we there should. are quite a few of them. Um, there's the story I would want to talk about first, but there's also the story that's bigger and we should actually talk about, and that's that they dropped the newest Overwatch hero today. Uh, I'm going to have Anne say it because I keep wanting to put a, a soft G in it, and that's not how it's said. How do we co- say her name? I think it's Brigitta. Brigitta, yep. okay. That is what it was in the uh, like the trailer thingy. Brigitta Lindholm, who is the uh, See, I was daughter pronouncing of... it. I was pronouncing it Brigitte because I didn't know that there was that extra, like you I, said. Yeah, any... same here. Same here. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's Brigitta. And, of course, she's uh, Reinhardt's quote-unquote Tor- squire. Torbern. Oh, Squire and Torbjorn's daughter. She's Torbjorn's daughter, and Reinhardt is apparently her godfather, which makes sense. Um, and Aww. it all kind of lines up with the little teases that they've been dropping as far as uh, that letter that Torbjorn wrote to Reinhardt where he was like, we're thinking about letting you name her. And I'm like, oh, they're talking about Brigitte, aren't they? <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty cool, too, because uh, I I think her shield line, when she raises her shield, it's either the same or very similar to Reinhardt's like a couple of her her lines you know you can tell that she was raised by those two well not raised by but you know that Reinhardt and Torbjorn are important people in her life because she has they have a lot of influence yeah they have a lot of influence um she's got a bunch of really cool abilities the thing that I kind of appreciate about her is that she's kind of a support tank hybrid sort of thing have you gotten to like look at her at all on the PTR Mitch yeah, I, I only took her in the um, which, the like target practice area, but I, I the best way I can describe her is, and maybe this means nothing to some people, but she's like Johanna in Hots or I, I guess Diablo, uh, but as a healer, like her. So you can hold down uh, left or right click. I can't remember which it is. To I think it's right click to you know do your normal attacks, and if you just hold it down, she just swings left and right with a flail, and it actually. The way she arcs her swings, like, I, I had it in between uh, two of the robot enemies, and the swing, you know, from right to left would hit the left robot, the swing from left to right would hit the left robot. So, like, the way she, the way her, you know, swinging animation goes, it actually does hit different areas, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, she has the, the shield I mentioned that she can bring up. It's It functions very similar to Reinhardt's shield, where you right-click, pulls the shield up, and kind of puts you into a third-person view. Except it's the shield is kind of like uh, it's just for size. her mostly. It's, it's basically just for her, yeah. Like, you but can... if you're standing directly behind her, it may shield you too. But it's really yeah. it's just meant for her to give her some it, extra cover. Reinhardt shields people to the left and right of him. Hers will shield people directly behind her. Um, while she's holding the shield out, you can right click to do kind of like a, a chart, like a shield bash charge forward. So it's a combination where you like leap forward a little bit and bash the target. Um, and, and it'll stun him, won't it? Uh, does it? I don't know. That yeah. it might. 
Okay. Yeah, she just dashes forward a short distance and she stuns whatever she comes in contact it, with. It was uh, hard to tell with the robots. Mm-hmm. She's um, got she's got a bunch of different really cool abilities. Um, yeah. As a support, Her... she does have a heal, so she's got the repair pack that she throws out. Um, I think the cool part yeah. about that, the part that I appreciated, was that if it it heals for a certain amount, right? It'll heal an ally for a certain amount. If it overheals on an ally, it instead of that extra heal being wasted, it's going to provide them with a little bit of armor instead for a short period of time. So you, yeah. overhealing is never really wasted. It's just kind of converted to something else that's also useful. Um, um, it's it's worth noting, too, it's not quite like Torbjorn's where he throws the armor on the ground. It, hers is a targeted thing where she actually throws the target at people. Yeah. Um, she also, her passive, I guess, trait you could call it, is that she will heal people by doing damage. Which is, it's kind of something they toyed, I don't know if toyed with, with Moira so much, but like Moira had that whole, you have to damage people to replenish your like healing, whatever resource it is. She's got um, like this circle going with Moira. There's yeah. like a cycle that she has to go through. Yeah. So with, with Brigitte, it's, she just does healing towards, to nearby people when she does damage. Um, her flail ability, like there's one, I think it's the the left shift. She like throws it out in front of her, like, but it's you know it's a flail, so it has like a the I don't it's not a string, the chain. It's a chain, um, yeah. You're talking yeah, about whip she, shot. Yeah, whip shot. It. Sorry, I don't know the name of the abilities. Off the it's top okay. Of my head, but it she throws it forward and it it goes a decent distance and it's it's really cool to see and I think it knocks enemies back slightly. Yeah, it does. It deals damage and it also knocks abilities back or knock knocks enemies back. So Didn't they say on the thing that everything about her is designed to help break people off. Yeah. Like she's a support character that can actually push people back. Yeah, cuz yeah. she's she's like I said, she's kind of like a support tank hybrid type thing. She's a support, but she's got extra survivability and she's got ways to get enemies off of her. So she's not going to she has a way to get around being mobbed. Um, which is pretty cool because between the whip shot that knocks things back and then the shield bash that stuns things, she's got a couple of different ways that she can deal with being attacked. Um, her ultimate is pretty cool though. Her ultimate is called rally and it gives her just her a little bit of a speed boost. But, uh, according to the developer update, Jeff, Jeff was, he went over Brigida and all the stuff that she does and he said that there's like horns that sound and cheers or yep, something like that okay yeah, it's pretty it sounds cool, like heroism is what, is that, what, what he was saying i'm like it sounds like the hair you're describing the heroism noise that's what it sounds it's like a little bit like that and yeah. she also she can use all of her abilities during this so like yeah at first i didn't realize that was the case because she kind of holds out like a i think she holds forth her her um crap i'm blanking on the name the, her weapon. the shield of the mace the flail, yeah. The, flail. the rocket flail. Um, she holds it out, and it like I think it transforms slightly into something, and it kind of, to me, it looked almost like a glowing disco ball. Um, well, new what, name, what glowing she, disco ball. Yeah, but what she holds she... it out, and I, I thought that her holding it out would kind of stop her from using other things, but no, she just, she holds it out kind of as a, you know, hey, I'm doing this, but then she can cast everything else, and it's okay, just this but... aura around her. What rally does, let me get to that. <laughs> it doesn't just make a noise here, okay. It gives her and just her a short speed boost so she can like move around and get out of things again. Um, and it creates kind of an area of effect around her that provides all nearby enemy er, er, allies within that radius. They get extra armor that lasts until it's removed by damage taken. So it's kind of like... Um, 
if you see when Zenyatta pulls off his ultimate, he's got like that circle around him and you have to get into the circle to get the effect of the thing. Or uh, Lucio, you have to be like within a certain radius of Lucio to get the bonus from his ultimate. It's like that. Um, except it's just armor. It's not healing. But that's okay because that can give people enough to push forward and take a point or, you know... Push the payload forward because we all know that you love getting on the payload, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, she even just from playing in the the like robot mode, she's a lot of fun. Mostly for me, at least, because it feels really cool to just hammer away at people with the flail. Again, it feels a lot like Reinhardt. Like if if you enjoy that feeling of smacking someone with a giant hammer, like on Reinhardt, hers is kind of like that, but faster and. It's also a flail, so it looks super cool. What and I really I, oh, go ahead. What I really liked was the, when they were talking about it. It you remember when they came out with Anna, and I was like, oh wow, okay, Anna is a support character that if people play snipers, and that's who they primarily play, that's like what kind of character they primarily play. They don't have to just play the damage dealing snipers anymore. They can actually. This is a support designed for people that are really proficient with that kind of gameplay that's pretty cool well with Brigida what we're looking at here is this is a support that somebody who primarily plays tank characters and really enjoys playing tank characters could get into a little bit easier than trying to wrap their head around playing I don't know Mercy or Lucio or any of the other ones that are you know fairly quick reflexes you have to know what you're doing that kind of thing Um, I believe that on the website there they have a difficulty rating. All of the heroes have like a difficulty rating from one to three stars. She's a one star character, so she's she's like yeah. pretty easy for people to get the hang of, um, and kind of like you know an intro to support. But it's also a support that's a little bit beefier than most and has a little more survivability. It feels like she's going to have a little more survivability. I can't wait to see her in like Overwatch League. Oh, I have a yeah. feeling she's going to be a big player in there. I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to be latching onto her real quick once she's unlocked and available to play in League. I'm I'm excited because she, again, it's, you know, like you said, a tank kind of, or a healer for people who prefer tanks. And Wyra was sort of that, you know, if you like DPSing, you can get that. Ana is the, if you like sniping, you can get that. Um, it's It's a cool thing that they're doing i think and she's just again just in the try mode she was a lot of fun and just flailing that flail around felt really fun okay well before we move on to something else uh and you wanted to have the thing thrown to you so it's being thrown wanted the thing thrown to me oh are we at that point wow we've been talking for a while haven't we right <laughs> yes <So> we have. <laughs> if you enjoy the site and show and you're looking to snack on something maybe a little bit healthier while you game you can consider a membership with nature box at blizzardwatch.com slash nature box uh, they provide up to 40 percent off of all of their healthy snack options if you go sign up via that link uh, nature box offers options to suit your dietary needs single serving samples coffee breakfast kits gift options and even an office delivery service if you happen to work in an office or something, and that'll scale to your business. Some of our favorite items from Nature Box, they have honey Dijon turkey jerky, which is pretty good. Sriracha roasted cashews, which I'm kind of not really into the nuts so much. Big Island pineapple. It's dried pineapple. I can't eat it because I'm allergic to it. (laughs) Can you put it on pizza? (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's like dehydrated. It's dried. You probably could, but it'd be very chewy. Um, They also have these things called Coco Nom Noms. 
And <laughs> I no, love that name. no, I love but, that name. Okay, yeah, it's like it's it's a fun name or whatever. But the thing is, these things are like it's oats, cocoa, like dark chocolate cocoa, and vanilla. That's it in these little balls. So it's kind of like having a really squishy oatmeal brownie or whatever. Um, all four of those things. They're all gluten free, so like if you if you have dietary restrictions, this site is actually pretty worth checking out. Uh, the Big Island Pineapple, that stuff's also vegan, so hey, that's oh, cool. cool. All of this stuff, like I said, it's like healthier options for snacking, um, and you can save when you sign up and you get a subscription and everything. Um, you can do that though if you want to check it out. You can check that out at BlizzardWatch.com/naturebox, and every new subscription helps support our show. Thanks, guys. Okay, good. Now that we've covered that and we've talked about uh, Brigitte, we're now going to talk about my favorite thing, which is <laughs> dinosaur people. You have um, you've been dying to get here. <laughs> dinosauring. So we've we've got the the the, the alpha came on a new build yesterday. Uh, a bunch of stuff. There's some some talent and ability change and so forth. But the important thing is that they introduced uh, moonkin form and bear form for Zandalari druids, or as I like to call them, flappy pterodax form and spiky turtle death form. Uh, I, another because, good one I saw, Terracoa. Yeah, no, that was terrible, actually. I just like to call it terrible. nightmare fuel. I love <laughs> it. I love it so much. I don't like Mitch's strange names for them, but I do love the the forms. Uh, I, I love the name. pterodactyl type form. I think it looks great. It's creepy as heck. Terracoa. It is. It is objectively terrifying, but it is great because it is objectively terrifying. It is so different from your average Moonkin form. It is nothing like it, and I love that about it. it it's got the weird little wings. It is – objectively, it is built on the Arakoa. It's built on the flying Arakoa, to be precise. Yeah, the ones from Warlord. Uh, and yeah, when we say not. built on, we mean it uses that skeleton. You can tell when you're looking at it. Yeah, it moves yeah. much the same way. But it so, has a lot – the feathers are more noticeable, and they're like you know blue and green, not the like orangish, reddish, yellow we've gotten used to. And they have tusks. Yeah, they have these huge tusks in their beaks. They're really like the kind of combination of creepy and cool that I really enjoy. But for me, the bear, or in this case, the giant spiky turtle form, is the real winner. Oh my god, I love this. I'm thing. cool with the turtle form, and I think that that looks terrific. Like that's amazing, and that totally suits the whole thing. Terrific. Turtle it's still it's still obviously on a bear skeleton right but it's uh, it's yeah i mean you think of a bear yeah a bear is gonna tank something right because a bear is big and huge and it can take some hits whatever a turtle with a shell can do much the same thing so for me logistically that makes total sense the the yeah. pterodactyl bird dude thing <laughs> just like i said i like to call it nightmare fuel because i think it's really creepy looking and i don't really like it and i don't I love it i know i know that there are so many people out there that are absolutely in love with it and they think it's the best thing they've ever seen and i just look at it and i'm kind of like no i'll pass it's, thanks it's <laughs> one of those things where people seem to be like very much love it or terrified hate it kind of thing there's not a whole I'm lot just, of yeah, I'm, not, right. I'm not like i don't hate it i'm just unsettled to the point where i'm like i think i'll i'll pass and i'll look for a different menu <laughs> option thank you i mean I, i'm sure that's, that's probably delicious me, but i i'm i'm gonna go with like 
something safer. Thank you. <laughs> See, for me, the Moonkin, for, they have that glyph anyway, where Moonkin can take a glyph and not be Moonkin. Yeah, so I've I'm actually sure got that on my Night Elf. Yeah, if you're the a Dandelari and you don't like that form, go ahead. But yeah. the, tur- the spiky Death Turtle is just one of my favorites. It's really well designed. It looks absolutely beautiful. It, it comes does. in multiple colors. It's really just, I love this I, thing. And it's I got me also... hopeful. It's got me really hopeful for cat form. Like, I want to see what they get. I want them to have Did some messed up. No, we don't. We don't know. Oh. Yet. Uh, I want them to get some messed up raptor form so bad. I want their, their, their form travel because... form. I think their travel form is going to be a raptor. If yeah. I remember yeah, correctly. Travel form is a raptor. Yeah. So it's possible it'll be something else. Uh, but I want it to be some crazy messed up dinosaur so badly. And I want them to get like a thresh on swim mode. Oh, like, yes, please. You know, thresh it on swim mode and some kind of crazy dinosaur thing for their cat mode. And I'll be just so excited for them. Um, this is the closest you're ever going to get to playing a Dynamancer, which we remember Dynamancers from Mists. This will be the closest you'll ever get to playing one, and it is perfect. Uh, and since we're talking about the Zandalar, I want to segue into something Mitch wrote the article about. We kind of, this is sort of spoilery, but we at least know this one thing we can answer for you now. I don't. They're not going to be, they're not going to be any Zandalari Paladins. Don't okay. expect them. Don't talk that about why, nope. because I don't want to spoil anything, but there aren't. Yeah, but, there's not going to be Zandalari Paladins. We know you saw Zandalari Paladins and Mists. That's explained in the questing. That's it, all. Yeah, it, it's ex- when we say explained, we mean like it, it's clearly explained. It's not kind of waved away, you know, eh, no, like at first it might seem like that, but it, there's an actual lore explanation and it does technically leave the door open in the future for them if Blizzard wants to change their mind, but don't. Yeah. You know, don't count but, on it. Th- but we've actually seen a bit more about Zandalari now. I got to say, right now, in terms of allied races, the Zandalari have the most interesting stuff of the two because we haven't seen much of anything for the Dark Irons yet. We don't know much of anything what they're going to get or what they're going to be like. But we've seen enough of the Zandalari now to know that they have the best druid forms of all time. And I am going to play one. I mean, it's not enough to get me not to play warriors. It's not enough to get me not to mostly play warriors. But it is enough to get me to play a druid. That hasn't been the case since 2004. That's unusual for you. I yeah. I haven't played... Uh, I've never fully leveled a druid, and I am definitely going to be doing this as well. Yes. My I, druid is I stuck at level bit, 70 right now. <laughs> I am slightly surprised um, that the, the tank form was not like a Triceratops. That was, Honestly, that was what I was expecting. I, I'm, I'm not I'm surprised. Happy. Here's why I'm not surprised, although I would have liked a Triceratops form. They wanted it to still work on a bare skeleton. Okay, and it, that's, that's it, if you look at it, it's it looks a little weird as it is just being like a turtle on the bear skeleton, but it it works. But trying to do the triceratops because the the wow dire horns have this like ankylosaur tail and they have a big frill, and it just would have been a lot more work to try and get it to fit. But at the same time, I mean, I'm, I guess they have the casting animations for uh, the Arakoa, but like it's not like they use the moonkin skeleton at all, like even close to it. Well, Moonkin, if you go fight Moonkin, Moonkin have casting animations. Yeah, no, I know they have. have. I'm saying that, like, I, I don't quite, like, I, I don't know why a Triceratops would have had to work with the bear model if they're not I think they, because make... I get what you're saying in that they, they used a different skeleton here for the Moonkin. I yeah. think they were just trying to basically make it easier on themselves. They didn't want to just plop in a Triceratops, like, have it be a dire horn and just be done with it. They wanted yeah. it to still feel like a Druid model. No, I, yeah, I don't that's know. That's fair. And I, I don't think Triceratops Slowpoke have has a very good point animation. in the chat channel. Moonkin are ogres. They're using the ogre skeleton. 
that is yeah, true. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, they have the same dance and everything too. Yeah, That's true. so the Zandalari moonkin are using the Arakoa skeleton. The other moonkin are using an ogre skeleton. You can see overlaps here, there, and everywhere. Honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's again, it's still cool. They are good-looking forms. I think for once, Mitch and I agree on something. So wow. Okay. Uh, there's actually way more stuff going on in the alpha. Like I said, they just dropped a, a patch yesterday that that adds new talents, changes some talents. Shaman got pretty significant talent swaps. They move talents all over the place. Um, the rogues got at one one talent changed, but moving it from 1.0 to one second, which was like what? Um, what talent was that? I haven't. Had oh, a I, to I look. just wrote it up. I just wrote it up, and I don't remember off the top of my head anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a combat one. Like oh, if it's combat, then it doesn't really affect me at all. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Then. I'm not. I'm not like too concerned about. It. See, the thing is, is like the only things that really affect my character are assassination changes, and um, I don't. I don't know. Like they don't do typically a lot to assassination in between expansions. I. I it's rare that they do any kind of an overhaul or do any kind of major touches to assassination. Usually it's just, oh, we've decided to change this one teeny tiny little thing. Okay, it's Restless Blades is the ability, is the one that got changed. Oh, I yeah, that's like have, a finishing it move. Yet. It's a finishing move, and it reduces the cooldown on stuff. Yeah, it, it, instead of reducing it by 1.0 seconds, it reduces it by one second per thing. It's oh. it's okay. It's a clarification that does not change much. Of There's also, um, there is a new uh, Saber Slash for rogues also got changed in a way that a lot of other abilities got changed. Okay. I think that Saber Slash is also uh, combat. I mean, not combat. Uh, it outlaw. is. It's outlaw. Yeah. And uh, Saber Slash is basically just, it's all attack power. Oh, like, okay. It's, they just changed the way attack power scales for a lot of stuff. So it's, it's it's a substantial amount of changes, but it's not the kind of thing that really, all you can say is, and a lot of stuff, but it's attack power stuff changed. So it's not really that big a deal. But they also have put in... Since the like since last week, they put in two new zones. Did we cover that last week at all? Did we no, talk we about didn't it? because they put it in at the end of last week. There's two new zones that have opened up. One of them is Tearsguard Sound, and what is the other one? Zoldazar. Uh, yes, so, yeah, yeah Zoldazar yeah. is. Oh, it's it's so cool. I have yet to go explore there, but I intend to do that later this week, maybe even later today. I don't know. Um, sound depends on how much awesome. time I've got. Uh, Tearsguard Sound is really cool. I have gone over that one thoroughly from end to end. Uh, there are, again, it's like the same thing that I experienced when I was going through Dressvar. There are areas where you can tell it's not quite finished. Like there's there's a couple of ships that are in the harbor that don't have textures on them. So they're just kind of blocked out. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, also there's... feels like the starting area in Tearsguard Sound where you where you first just appear um, feels like they, they don't really have, they have NPCs just hanging around outside, so it's, it feels like they don't, you know. Yeah, it's not finished at all. That's Boralis, and I think Boralis is going to be kind of like the big alliance hub. Um, it is a giant city. Like, there is a lot to it. There are a lot of buildings. There are a lot of streets. Um, it's kind of interesting, because the lead up to the entrance to the to the main part of the city, like, from the sea... It's lined with statues that are night elf statues that look exactly like the statues that are in Suramar right now. So I feel like they designed this kind of halfway in a Suramar kind of a layout. It feels like that kind of a city where it's really big and really complex. There's a lot to it. 
Um, the buildings aren't finished. Like you could walk into a bunch of the buildings, but there's no furniture or anything set up in there yet. So the environment hasn't been put in 100%. Uh, NPCs, there are some areas, like there's this area, <laughs> there's this area where you don't want to go unless you're prepared to either stealth or get in combat because it's full of thugs that will punch you <laughs> and chase you around <laughs> and make your life a living nightmare. Um, and then there's an area that's like an outdoor market that has a lot of characters in it. Um, all of them have, I think I talked about this last week, where I talked about the Colterius models and how the human models, there's like a lot of variety to them. You see more of that here. Um, there's actually <laughs> one of the streets that you walk down, the area with the thugs, there's two of them. One of them is like holding up this little scrawny dude up to a pole by his throat and getting ready to punch him. I'm like... This is kind of okay. terrifying. Wow. <laughs> and then there's stray cats wandering around all over the place. And there are the new the new cat models, the really fluffy cats. Those are running around as well as the, the, the other. Like heavy breathing cat. Yeah. The, the big fluffy cats. <laughs> Those guys are running around as well as like little abandoned mousers or alley mousers, that kind of thing. Um, it's really cool. It's a cool city. The other place that's really cool to check out is Freehold. And Freehold is... One of the dungeons, it's actually, uh, that's one of the dungeons that's unlocked right now. I haven't had a chance to play through the dungeon. I want to do that this weekend because um, I managed to get in there. You can get in there and get around the city a little bit without going into the dungeon. But if you do so, you need to pre be prepared again to be stealth for part of it, if not all of it. Because the people in there don't like you and they're shady. <laughs> <laughs> Freehold's not Freehold is like you know how Booty Bay was like oh it's a pirate town but you go there and it's like it's a pirate town where all the pirates are having a really good time and they're happy to talk to you Freehold so is here. Freehold is the kind of pirate town where horrible pirates go <laughs> it's like um, black sails level of, of horrible oh things going on <laughs> Maybe not quite black sales level, but um, yeah, it's really kind of grimy, gross. There's there's dudes there that beat the heck out of each other. Um, it's obvious that the place is kind of corrupt. Uh, it, it's the environmental design in these areas is so good that I mean I I can't get over it. It's not finished yet, obviously. Again, you know, none of these areas are complete one hundred percent yet, but there's enough of it there that it's like. I'm going to love coming back here again and again and again. I don't think I'm going to get tired of this place. And I felt the same way with the Zandalar side of things too. Like none of these areas so far are areas where I'm like high mountain where it's, it's fun like the first couple of times and it's like, yeah, this is quickly going to get kind of boring. I haven't run into that yet. So I'm happy about that. Um, on, on the Zoldazar side of things, it, it kind of, the first thing I thought of was actually similar to what you said was where, oh, this is kind of like a, a city zone like Suramar. Yeah. Um, but but then I remembered uh, Zoldrak in Northrend. And it, it kind of reminds me of that, too, where like and I granted, I have not explored the whole thing, um, but just a huge portion of it, it. It's like zone intermixed with city. So it the central area is massive and it. It feels like you can be out questing, but you're never super far from you know, civilization kind of thing. And it reminds me a lot of like Zoldrak or um, Suramar in the sense that, yeah, it's it's like a city zone. And I, it was super cool. The architecture is 
gorgeous. Uh, there are zones in the troll area with like it's like Terrace of the Speakers or something where it has hostile troll uh, factions because you know they're hanging out there with the Zandalari, um, but they don't necessarily like you. So there's like the I think the Sand Speaker. I gotta troll say it was really it was really strange to me seeing the Thanos there. It, that's just weird. <laughs> yeah, he's. Well, because it's it's like the horde. I think that's the sort pseudo capital for the horde um, in the expansion. Because there's there's like portals. There's people training. There's all sorts of stuff uh, in like the, the central area. But Nathanos is definitely one of those things that's there. But yeah, yeah it's, it's it's super pretty. Like I and again, I I felt like I had explored a lot of it, and then I looked at my map and I had barely scratched the surface of it and it's just the that's what's happening with all of these zones where i go in and i go to take screenshots right and and kind of cold galleries and things out of stuff and and just explore and see what's out there to explore every zone i've done so far tier is far tier uh, or excuse me trust us far no tier guard sound uh tier guard <laughs> sound included when you look at the map for tier guard sound it doesn't look that big on the map it really doesn't. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot to it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get done with this one really easy. And then like an hour and a half later, I look at my map and I've completed like one corner of the yeah. area. <laughs> they're huge. These zones are just gigantic. Like, I think it's... they're probably about twice the size of the zones in Legion. I don't know. It, it, it feels I got like it right too. now. It feels like and it it's... right now. And it might not after I've played through it a couple of times, but... I actually felt like when I played through Dristvar and uh, when I was doing the others, the Zandalari zones, they feel very old school in a way. A bit, like, do you yeah. remember when you, when you do an, a zone back in the day and it didn't have like one cohesive storyline? It had a bunch of them. Yeah. Like, and you'd go from place to place within the zone, and you like could you might the, the one that really comes to mind is the Hinterlands. Yeah. Where they used to have that troll city. In the hinterlands, that was kind of its, oh, it's still there, but it used to be its own thing with elites everywhere, and you couldn't really you'd go there in a group to get that part done, and it was it, its own story. This definitely kind of has a harkening back to that, where it feels like there's overarching stories, like that there is like a it, it has the cataclysm overarching zone story thing that came in with cataclysm and has stayed ever since, but it definitely feels like you're almost in a mega zone where you're like, it's almost like there's actually two zones here. It's just in one zone for convenience and, sake. And that, I mean, yeah. that makes sense when you look at the fact that each faction has three leveling zones. So like, you know, there's bound to be more stuff, but it's just, it's really cool. I, I don't know for me. And again, maybe this will wear down. Maybe it'll change. But um, if you do like the, the Zandalari, I don't know if it's the recruitment scenario or just the horde intro scenario, but you land like in in the bay uh, area of Zuldazar, and you just like you keep going up like terraces, and there's you know little districts, there's areas with the Tortolan, there's areas with the enemy troll factions. You travel through the woods a little more, then you find you know oh there's another kind of temple area and that's where the horde main faction is oh what's this temple across from it that's also huge and several tiers high it's just a, a like flavor area it's i don't know it's really cool i'm loving it so far oh also, and I also point out oh no you go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say um the zone with um the vulpin in zandalar uh, yeah, it's not yeah. open yet it's not open yet however i found a couple of them running around freehold and they're oh, so cute they're so cute. They're little evil guys. Like, you don't want to unstealth next to them because they will start punching your kneecaps or whatever. But they're so cute, guys. 
<laughs> I and I, the the desert zone is the one I've actually been looking forward to the most, just because I I don't know I like desert zones and I'm really interested to see what Blizzard does with this one to kind of make it stand out from the other desert zones. And it's okay, not open my yet, last and... my last experience with a desert zone was Oldham. So, I liked Oldham. Half of Oldham is it. really good. Half Everybody of Oldham is really, really good, it. and the other half I could do without. So I'm interested in seeing what they do with another desert zone. Here, um, here's a hint. Uh, don't put in a really ham-fisted reference to an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, please. <laughs> and and for me, I'm I'm even talking more aesthetically than like questing-wise, because I want to see what it ends up looking like. But that's, that's I think, where the, the Volpera... They can do, they prove they can do different-looking desert zones because they've oh, got Aldum, they've got Silithus, and to a degree they've got um, Tenaris, all of which look different. So I'm not Volpera, about what I did just, I call I it? Did I call, it. Did I call no, it a... Is they it, are... You might have called it Volpera, but they No, I they called changed... it a Vulpin, which I think is like a oh. Pokemon. So, yeah, my bad. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. They they changed the, the Volpera, like there's a faction that's called like the Voldunai or something now. Uh, they, they changed the name slightly, which makes it sound like that's going to be the zone that they're primarily in, like the desert zone. So I I want that zone. But we're yeah. moving at a pretty fast pace, so hopefully. It, yeah, because I think they've they... even unlocked them. They've unlocked the original four uh, allied races now in the uh, alpha, so you can play them too. I, oh, I'm actually I didn't know that. that. Cool. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I'm going to have to go look. But yeah, they uh, so far, the alpha, like I said, it's an alpha, so there's unfinished stuff in it. Um, you will fall through the world if you are not careful. <laughs> Yep. Uh, you will fall through the world even if you're being really careful in some places because it looks like there's a floor there, but there is definitely not a floor there. Um, however, what they've got out there looks really polished and really good. I'm really looking forward to this one. I wasn't, I was kind of on the fence, but leaning towards I'm going to love this, especially when they said we're going to go to Colteris because I'm like, yeah, I've been wanting to go there forever, right? And Zandalar, come on, I've been wanting to go there forever too because <laughs> we had, I mean, our first meeting with the Zandalar was way back in vanilla when ZG came out. I don't know if you guys ground out the rep to Exalted. Oh, uh, yeah. The... Yeah, exalted. okay. So, <laughs> good. We all have that feat of strength that means nothing. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, I still, I still like, I actually like... realized this. When the I... Transmog stuff came out, yeah. I realized that I have the armor. The, uh, the original Zandalari yep. pieces. I think yeah, I never that. got the armor because it wasn't oh, pretty. Really? And yeah, I had I better I from Raids. I, think like, I actually kept the armor pieces and they're in my bank. I had I had better stuff from raids, so I didn't like I had better gear from raiding already. Um so I didn't really feel it necessary to get the ZG gear. I it just wasn't uh, ZG stuff was the best DPS plate you could get before BWL yeah, came it out. It was a Spider Man so I... plate, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Even though it doesn't really look that much like Spider Man, but it's the it's blue the and red. It's the red and blue. <laughs> That's why I we call it the Spider Man play. It's the yeah. colloquial name for it. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I actually use it from time to time when I'm putting together clown suit looks because it is, it's up there. If it's, you want to look clown suity. It's pretty but, yeah. vibrant. <laughs> the, the whole thing, I mean, one of the things, I mean, we probably do need to move on to talk about other stuff, but one of the things I wanted to mention too is the item squish is coming along. Uh, they've been working on it quite a bit. It's been data mined out cons- extensively, and I went and checked on it. Um, one of the things that's interesting is not people are like mostly focused on how your Legion gear is going to change, and I understand why because that's the gear you're going to be wearing when you go. That's in. what you're going to be stepping out there yeah. day one. We're gonna we're gonna get when the, we're probably going to get Battle for Azeroth a month before we actually get the new zones. So for a month, you'll be playing in significantly squished gear. Like the item level, the top item level for legendaries. Like, you know how le- legendaries right now are item level 1,000? They're going to be at item level 280. 
Oh, when um, they went squish, they went major. No wonder yeah, my numbers yep. look so small. <laughs> Let me put it this way. If you look at the damage that a two-handed weapon that you get, the green um, item level 180 two-handed weapon that you get when you start a, a pre-made, the, the damage is 39.7 DPS. Yeah. And to put this into perspective, if you go and look in the uh, adventure journal at, say, Blackwing Lair gear, it's uh, it's 10 DPS. So when you start leveling, your character item levels on gear are basically going to work like at your level. That's the item level of gear. Like if you're level 20, you're going to have item level 20 or so gear dropping in like from quests, and that gear is going to have maybe like four, two, four DPS on it, and stuff's going to go up slowly. So if you remember the original item squish, and people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm still using a. Uh, I'm still using these bracers from BC, and I'm almost. You're gonna you're gonna see that a lot. It's yeah. It's and, gonna be there, and that's okay. Oh, I, I don't have, have a problem. problem. I don't have a problem with that. The other thing that they're looking at doing, and I know they were talking about it, is doing a profession squish because professions right now, I think it's like eye level or it's eye level <sighs> terminology. No, it's, like, it's level it's like eight hundred. Yeah, it's eight hundred for Legion. Um, right now on the alpha professions aren't a thing yet um they're just not there they're not there there's no ore nodes there's no herbs to pick there's no fjorn's goggle very sad about all of this especially the fjorn's goggle bit but um when they implement that it's probably going to look a little different too i I can't wait for them to kind of put that in place because i do i want to look at it and kind of dig through it and see what kind of changes they made to that um professions have been one of those things that have been kind of it seems like in their efforts to fix them blizzard just keeps making (laughs) them more complicated with less payoff for the complexity and i appreciate what they tried to do with legion because i can see kind of what they were trying to do with legion i appreciated that they they you know implemented quests with all of it that was kind of fun um at the same time tying everything into dungeons didn't really work so good and it got to the point where it was so complex that by the time if you wanted to craft something by the time you got to the level and the means and had the materials to craft it you'd already gotten something better along the way like either through a world quest or through a dungeon or something it just pretty much negated any necessity to make that item to begin with and it didn't matter how much obliterum you threw at it it just wasn't really worth it you know what i mean this actually... Well, plus, I mean, it comes back to the Obliterum thing, too. Yeah. There's a lot of complexity in terms of getting gear and getting gear upgraded. And, you know, after a while, it just... It kind of looks back... You can look back on, like, previous expansions and see, like, the roots of it. They like, messed it these... up so yeah. bad in Warlords. I mean, mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. when I go to craft a gem and I have to pick plants to craft the gem... Like, what am I doing, really? <laughs> this is the best compressed corn gem ever. <laughs> it's no, like, there's... here's your rocks, here's your ore. Now, we also need some of these herbs, too. I'm like, why? Are you making yourself... Is is that to make a side salad while you're waiting for this to polish? Or I don't I don't even <laughs> know what's going on anymore. What, it's like we... tea. It's herbally infused. Don't ask questions. Oh, it was just... There was it a was, lot of... It was so it was, needlessly automated in, in Warlords that it really sucked every all of the value out of professions altogether. And they tried to put it back in with Legion, but I don't think that they've gotten there yet. There's some sort of happy medium that they can find. They just I haven't found it yet. 
a, a professional squish might be a much better move even than the item squish, which I think is necessary. But getting it so that professions don't go up to eight, nine hundred seems like a good idea. Um, Just right get now, rid of professions. No, nah, I don't. I I understand some people like them, and you can make them work. But I think the sweet spot for professions really was BC. Like it at was. least for oh, yeah. stuff like blacksmithing, BC it, was the best. It really this was. This sort of this sort of ties into oddly enough what I was you know talking about earlier, maybe doing something about Monster Hunter because there aren't professions in Monster Hunter, but you can gather a lot of that stuff. So you can essentially urban mine like an herb or an herbalist or a miner would. But the the crafting um, feels a lot like Burning Crusade in the way that you upgrade your weapons and the way that it kind of takes on materials of, you know, what you're gathering it from. And that's something that, like, if I, and I don't know how this would work in WoW, but that's the feeling I want back in WoW Professions. And it's, again, very much like Burning Crusade. And, you know, to be clear, Professions weren't bad in Wrath. I got a lot of use out of jewel crafting in Wrath. Oh, yeah a lot of use out of it and I got a lot of use out of I think I had leather working for a while in Wrath because you could use like the armor kits so for my rogue because I was raiding it was like okay these are the two that are going to have the most impact if I get it no I didn't have leather working what did I have I, I've I've kept engineering all along I've never once dropped engineering ever I have dropped my secondary profession and picked up a different one and I've done that several times over the course of playing World of Warcraft just because it was like yeah this will work better for raiding this expansion <laughs> you know that's all it is yeah but um, I thought we couldn't you could probably keep going on about this a lot but we we're at the point where we're gonna have to consider if we're gonna do any emails here and I'd like to try and do a couple at least <sighs> Man, Blizzard, you're just putting out so much stuff. Well, we've got yeah. Hearthstone stuff to talk about too. Yeah, we do. That is that's the reason I'm I'm speaking up. Not that I want to interrupt you. I hate interrupting you. Okay, but. no, that's fine. That's the best way to get me to shut up. <laughs> let's let's touch on the Hearthstone stuff real quick here, at the very right. least. Yeah, the Year of the Raven announcement. Um, I, here's the thing. Um, Alex was talking about it, and I was trying to follow him, but I don't play Hearthstone, so I'm not 100% on this. But they've put Lunara in as the new Druid hero. Is, is that correct? Yeah, it's it's basically um, last year it was Maiev, and if you played, uh, if um, what was it? You, you won 10 standard games. In, something like that. Or something that, like think, that in Year of the Mammoth. I think I got her like two months ago and I was like oh right that was yeah if you win 10 standard games then you got Maiev Um, Maiev is going to be going away in Year of the Raven so if you haven't gotten her yet you should do that but you're going to be able to do the same thing you win 10 standard games if you do that during Year of the Raven you get Lunara as an alternate druid hero so instead of having Malfurion you can have Lunara instead which I actually kind of appreciate I like Lunara um there's a bunch of other stuff coming up too. Obviously, they're going to be doing three new um, expansion expansions. Um, there's no official announcement as to those expansions yet. However, there is a teaser image, and the teaser image is kind of fascinating. And they did say that they were going to be announcing the first expansion soon, quote unquote oh. soon. Um, oh. And by soon, they mean next month. And since tomorrow is March first. We're just <laughs> counting down the days, guys. <laughs> it's probably going to um, be real quick here. Um, was was Maeva? What class was she? She's a rogue. She was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she was Couldn't an alternate rogue. Uh, and again, if you want to get Maev, get a move on when you're ten games because she will be going away. So 
that's something you should probably do if you're really into Hearthstone and you want that alternate portrait. Uh, the other thing that's going to be coming up is they're going to be changing ranked play in order to even out matchmaking. There's more details about this on the website. I am not 100% like a Hearthstone player or anything like that. I dabble occasionally. I don't know enough to really talk about it with any kind of proficiency, which is why I'm recommending you go check out the website because Liz laid out all the details. Liz knows Hearthstone inside and out. <laughs> <laughs> they are... Uh, buffing quest rewards so like uh quests oh, that are currently goodness. yeah quests that are currently offering 40 gold will be upgraded to 50 gold and they'll require less of a gameplay grind to finish they had some examples there there was a quest called only the mighty where you had to play 20 mi- minions that cost uh five or more now it only requires 12 minions class victory where you win two games with particular classes will only require one win and class mastery where you play 50 class cards it'll only require 30 class cards so you should be able to get quicker quests and faster gold which is pretty good um and that's the kind of thing that they're looking towards doing with year of the raven the other interesting thing that they're coming out with is they're going to be launching tournament mode and tournament mode is going to allow anyone to set up tournaments in game with the game itself handling the matchmaking and the deck validation. Uh, this should make it a lot easier for people to set up tournaments and it should kind of open up more opportunity for people to participate in term- tournaments even if they can't like physically travel to a location because you can do it all oh, online, cool. right? I yeah, mean, and because they were doing, wasn't, weren't the tournament promotions how you got Nimsy or whatever mm-hmm. the warlock card was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that that'll be really nice for that sort of thing, and it'll allow them to do more, I imagine. And for more information on all of this, uh, Ben Brode and then uh, Hearthstone lead producer Young Wu, they'll be live on Hearthstone Twitch chat or on their tw- Twitch channel March second. That's Friday at eleven a.m. Pacific to answer questions about Year of the Raven. Maybe that's when we're getting that expansion announcement, guys. We're not saying that that's what's going to happen, but I am <laughs> saying that, gosh, they're doing Q&A in March. I wonder what else they could be talking about while they're there. I don't know. Could it be an expansion? Maybe, maybe not. Should tune in and find out. We'll be there. All right, cool. Um, since we probably have only time for one, but we can give it a shot. If you, I'm going to try to some emails right now. If you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast at blizzardwatch in the subject line, and we, you know, we like to answer emails. If you make them short, uh, it makes it more likely we can get more in, especially when we've got time constraints. Uh, and if you don't mind, um, let's see here. I'm looking at the emails here and going, what would be the good one? Let's go ahead and go with the second question here. I don't think we have an actual answer to it, but um, it seems like something worth talking about. This is from Guilty, who says, question, I'm wondering how Blizzard is going to handle allied races once Battle for Azeroth is actually out. Will they expect people to actually get the currently required reputation up to Exalted still? Uh, I don't know, but and I I'm, hope not. Well, and I'm sure that they're talking about like the Light Forged and the Nightborn and the High Mountain, like the, the four the that four are that out we right have to now. Unlock right now, yeah. Uh, whether or not those allied races will require that reputation after Battle for Azeroth comes out is still up in the air. I don't expect them to continue that. Unless they severely nerf the amount of time it takes to get to Exalted. Like, if they make it, okay, during the leveling process, like the natural leveling process, you get Exalted without having to do anything extra, I could see them going that route with it. Like, if you 
uh, for the case of like the Light Forge or Argos and Reach. If you go and do the the, the storyline that's up there on Argus, as long as you do that storyline from beginning to end, by the end of it, you'll be exalted. I could see them doing that because that's just go play some quests, right? That's not please keep coming back every day and doing missions on this mission board thing and all of this other stuff for however many weeks to unlock this reputation requirement. That seems excessive to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to say, I mean, the way that they did it, um, it, it was kind of, I feel like the horde races were easier to unlock because those reputation grinds were part, started off at least for the high mountain, which is the only one I cared about. You did that while you leveled. You got pretty close to like. You I did got that revered. way back when Legion yeah. first came out. You know, I got close to Revere just leveling, and then I finished it off just doing world quests over the course of months. So if you'd started doing that, that would take a lot longer. But and so with the Nightborn one, the Nightborn one would be kind of a significant grind if you were just starting. If like if you turned like one ten right now, and you were going off to get your Nightborn raised up to Exalted, that's going to take you a while. Like it, it doesn't feel like that big a deal to us because we all did it, you know, as just part of leveling and just part of world questing. It was endgame stuff. Yeah. When I came back to do, when I, I had actually stopped playing for a while, and I came back to get my light forged up, I, I found out I didn't have Army of the Light exalted, so I had to get it to exalted. That took me like a week and a half, and I was cheating. Like I went and spent, I spent two hundred thousand order hall resources <laughs> buying those guys and deleting them. Just so I could keep getting the ten rep bump per nine nine hundred ex- you know resources sold. I, yeah, you're a little crazy, man. Yeah. Well, I had three hundred thousand. I was like, well, I wasn't doing anything with it. The thing is, back, is... You know, oh, sorry. The no, thing... I'm just saying. I feel that I agree with you that that need to do something like that to, right. to make it. And we have evidence of doing this, of them doing this already, because they kind of did it with with the Nightfall in, like with the Suramar storyline. They they have adjusted that Suramar storyline since the beginning of the expansion. Like, it no longer has the reputation requirement to unlock the next step in the chain. You can just keep going and going and going through it. So it's a little bit easier to grind it out now. Um, It still requires world quests, and it still requires doing, you know, missions and things like that. Maybe training your wretched army. You still have to go do the dungeons. Um, One of your withered is running away. (sighs) Such... (laughs) I'm getting flashbacks. Thank you, Mitch. But, um... They've already done it a little bit with that one. I can't I can't really see them not doing that once Battle for Azeroth I, comes my, out. Because then that stuff's no longer current content. So My biggest question is, will it be... Do you think it will be when the expansion comes out or with patch like 8.1 or 8.0.5 or whatever? Like, Do you think it will be with the launch of the expansion or do you think that mm-hmm. they'll wait a little bit? I think they'll wait a little bit because it'll still be endgame content. That and that, that's do. sort of that's been my thinking all along. I, I have close to no doubt that they will lower the requirements at some point, but I'm I'm fairly skeptical on them lowering it at the expansion's launch. Yeah, like so, uh, the way I see it, you know, if the first at least during that month when you have the changes, but you don't actually have the new content yet, then doing stuff like getting your character up to exalted with those factions is something to do, you know. It's, yeah. it's so I can see them keeping it, but I mean I hope they do adjust it once we're once we're all 120 and trying to like you know level our two like our Zandalari troll druid because you know that's what we're going to be doing with our time. Um, 
th- th- I don't want to have to worry about you know getting my my night forward my night falling up to like exalted. It's like oh god, I have to go back into all that. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing before we end here, uh, we didn't mention the battleground, did we? No, we didn't. We did. Okay. Yes, that is a thing. And you know, real brief, um, we'll have a post on that on the website as of like one minute ago. But Seething Shore came out ish this week it's technically listed as a brawl it's a preview um, brawl it's a preview brawl it's it is a lot of fun and uh i would definitely check it out even if you don't normally pvp the games go by pretty quickly um it's constant action so even if you're dying a lot it's you know die you get to jump off of an airship jet down below um biggest part too if you're farming the honor appearances for your artifact weapons and I don't know if this is only because it's a brawl, if the honor will change uh, next week when it officially releases, but it's really good honor. I started at honor level like 40 or something when we started podcasting, and I am going to hit 47 after this. So, yeah, and I haven't won all the games either. So that's the other definitely important, check it out. Yeah, that's the other important thing to note, though, is that... Um... Seething Shore was supposed to be a Battle for Azeroth thing. Like they said that it was going to be one of the features of Battle for Azeroth. However, they changed their mind. They're launching it early. So yes, this is a preview brawl this week, but it's actually coming out officially on servers live in the Battleground rotation, all of that next week. So, hey, enjoy your early Battleground. It looks really fun. It, it It's a ton of fun. And again, I'm, I'm the type of person who really doesn't like Arathi Basin because and Gilneas to an extent, but that one three bases makes it a little better. But the whole capture base, you know, you spend all this time fighting over the point, you maybe capture it, or you spend all this time fighting over it, you don't capture it. If you do capture it, sometimes your team wipes and they back cap it and you end up just sort of stalemating for a while. There's none of that here. Like you can fight over a point for a very long time. But once you capture the point, you are one fifteenth closer to victory because you only can need I, to capture 15 points total. Can I just say that every time I see footage of anybody jumping off of the airship, I'm immediately <laughs> reminded of Player Unknown Battlegrounds. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God, it's I never thought about that. <laughs> it's totally like yeah. that, isn't it? I felt that that was pretty much a given that's, that's probably what they were doing. What they're doing. Yeah, yeah well, I was like, oh, it's like that game. I haven't played that one, but I've watched a lot of people playing it because it looks real fun. It's, anyway. It's, I, it's, it's very visually impressive. And Blizzard, if you are listening, please just like, you know, even if it takes a little time, take that island asset and just put it out in the real world because I want to explore that place outside of the battleground where it's not going to frustrate my teammates because it's gorgeous. We really like pretty, pretty islands. Can you give us more of those, please? And thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, I know we only got to one email, but um, that does wrap us up because we are out of time. It's okay. We'll carry over these to next week and we'll actually answer some more emails, provided they don't give us a glut of new stuff to talk about immediately. The Hearthstone expansion. Yeah. Next well... week, Jetpack Hat. <laughs> next week, Jetpack Hat. Oh, God, if only. <laughs> We can only dream. Anyway, uh, again, if you enjoy the site and the show, consider signing up with Nature Box. Again, they've got 
a lot of different healthy options to suit your dietary needs. Uh, a lot of their stuff is gluten-free, vegan. It's all good. You can sign up at blizzardwatch.com slash naturebox, and that provides up to 40% off of all of their healthy snack options, and it also helps support our show. Uh, Blizzard Watch. It's actually made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for the show. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.